Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is going to be from Seneca's letter number seven, the conclusion. Uh, the letter is subtitled On Crowds, but before I read the excerpt, I want to set the stage. And those of you who have listened to my podcast for a while probably recognize that there are some episodes which are focused primarily on the text and connect from there to real life or to things in my own life. And then there are other episodes where the idea for the episode starts with something that I'm thinking about in my life, and then that bridges back into the uh, the text. And this episode is going to be in that second category. So background info. As many of you know, I teach in a yeshiva, and it is a, a small yeshiva. been around for 50 years, but it is a small yeshiva. And I give shir in the actual yeshiva and over Zoom. And then I record my shir, and I upload them to YouTube and to one of my five podcasts. So one of the features of our yeshiva by design is that we want to provide a place that offers a flexible schedule to the guys who attend so that they can go to college at the same time and balance their their school work and course load with uh, their learning. So as a result, what ends up happening is that the 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 number of sheer attendees in the afternoon and the evening will fluctuate based on the the schedules of of the particular guys on uh, any given semester. Morning is pretty much constant. So this semester, which began in February for most of them, then uh, you know things switched up a bit, and certain people who used to come to my to certain shirim are were no longer able to come. Other people who didn't come to my shirim now are able to come, and there's been some there's been this fluctuation in shir attendees. Okay, but in the last two weeks, or I guess week and a half, uh, I've maybe this is just a subjective impression, but I've experienced some wild fluctuations. Okay, it really began with the Sunday shir I gave two weeks ago. Uh, and like most Sunday Shirim, then there were a lot of people, you know, I, I got around 50 people who, who attended either on person in person or on zoom. And then as of now, I haven't really checked the, the numbers of downloads or, uh, what do you call, or, uh, or views on YouTube. Let's just see here how it's doing. So yeah, so 40 downloads on my podcast and then on my YouTube channel, Probably around, I'm just trying to find it here, probably around, uh, it's too too long to find right now. Hold on just a second. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, that's not it. Yeah, 24, right? So let's ta- let's say 100. Okay, and I know that not everyone who watches the YouTube uh, um, video uh, w- w- watches the whole share. So let's say like around 100, okay? So that's, that's a nice number. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, very happy with that. But then the very next night, which is Monday night, I give my my weekly Michelin year. I, I have a morning Michelin year and then a, a weekly Michelin year. And really, I you know I love uh, all the year I give. That's why I give them. But the Monday night Michelin year is special because it is longer than any of the other year that I give, and it has my current students from yeshiva and my former students from from Shalhevit, from the high school I taught at and uh, and others as well and it's Mishle and it's fun and it's and there's always great ideas so I really enjoy it and usually there's I don't know anywhere from I don't know six to ten maybe twelve people so two Mondays ago there were only two people 
Okay. And I know it was probably because I actually, I don't know, but I assume it was because it was president's day. A lot of people were out of town, but there were only two people. Now we had a great cheer. We, we, the learning was fun and enjoyable and we came up with great, great ideas and it was as great as ever, but it was a bit of a shock to like have this dip in numbers. Okay. Then there were other examples where in my, some of my morning cheer then there was an influx of greater a greater number of people than usual. And then let's say like last night in my Chumashir, then uh, then due to a confluence of factors, sorry, not my Chumashir, my Tilimshir, uh, then only one person attended uh, instead of the usual like uh, like you know eight or, or eight or nine, right? So I think it's just because of the fluctuation. It's gotten me to to think about numbers and and the numbers of people who I, I teach and who are in my shear. And I had this pang of, of I don't know what to call it, but it was definitely a pang, okay? And I, I've had this feeling before, uh, and the pang really was in relation to my former job, which was as a high school teacher. And, and not only did I teach high school, but I taught all four grades. I taught each student who came to the high school, I, I, with, with very, very few exceptions. I, I taught every student in the high school for the last 10 years, and I could maybe count the exceptions on one hand. And uh, I would usually teach them throughout their four years in many classes, uh, you know, as many as like eight, sometimes nine classes for their entire four years, actually, maybe sometimes even more. And I really got to watch these kids grow and to facilitate their development by teaching them in so many different subjects over so, such a long time and in such daily interactions. So I had this pang of like, and, and we're talking, it wasn't a big high school, but but we're talking, you know, the school had anywhere at any given time from, I don't know, 70 or 80 to like 110, 120. I don't know the exact numbers. So I, I had this feeling of, of, of I enjoy teaching, I've enjoyed teaching no matter what, but, but like it used to be that I would affect, I would have an impact on so many more people. And I, I can't help but feel like there's something inferior about the situation where I'm in where like, like two people or one person shows up to a shear. And, uh, and that's kind of, uh, and, 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 and that's, that's the pang. Okay. So then I thought of the Seneca quote. Now, this is one of the first Seneca quotations that I ever encountered before I even started reading Seneca. And I finally tracked down last year, the source and the source is actually in the, again, the end of, of uh, letter number seven in the context of what he introduces as three related quotations. Okay. So the one that I really want to focus on is the second one, which the title of this episode comes from, but I want to uh, read all three of them. So he says, uh, he writes, Democritus says, one man means as much to me as a multitude and a multitude only as much as one man, end quote from Democritus. Seneca goes on, the following also was nobly spoken by someone or other, for it is doubtful who the author was. When asked what the object of all the trouble he took over a piece of craftsmanship when it would never reach more than a very few people, he replied, a few is enough for me, so is one, and so is none. The third saying, and a noteworthy one too, is by Epicurus, written to one of the partners of his studies. I write this not for the many, but for you. Each of us is enough of an audience for the other. So that second quote, a few is enough for me, so is one, and so is none. That really spoke to me at when I first discovered this quotation at the outset of my teaching career, because when I started teaching, I was very open about the fact that the reason I went into teaching is because I learn better. I get more out of my learning when I'm teaching it. I learn more than if I were to not be a teacher. And sometimes I, I shudder when I think of 
what would my relationship to learning be if I didn't teach? Like, would I have just fallen out of learning? I, I honestly don't know. I, of course, I would love to believe that I would still be attached to learning, but uh, but who really knows what what where I would have ended up? And uh, I always told my students that like I'm you know <laughs> I'm using them. I I teach them, and yeah, it's great that if they benefit from it, and great if they even greater if they enjoy it. But I teach because I. I gain more and I thrive more and it is a truly symbiotic relationship if we're both gaining. And this is not something that is unique to me. I mean, the Rambam brings this down from Chazal in, uh, in Hilgos Talmud Torah and the laws of, of Torah study when he's talking about the uh, attitude that a Rav uh, teacher should have towards his Talmudim, towards his students. And he writes, let me find it here. He writes... No, that's not. Oh, Kishim. Uh, no, here we go. Yeah, Students increase the wisdom of the of, of the of, of the rabbi of the teacher. Umarchivin libon expand his mind. Amru Chachamim, the sages said, Harbe Chachma Limadati Limadati Yasar Mirabose Umitalmida Yasar Mikulan. I have learned much wisdom. Uh, I've learned more from my peers than from my teachers, but I've learned from my students more than all of them. And just as a small, meaning uh, an inferior student, sorry, just as a, uh, a small piece of kindling can light uh, a giant conflagration, so too a small student, an inferior student, sharpens the Rav until he brings forth wondrous wisdom from uh, through his questions. So that's the effect of, of teaching students is that they, they bring out more than in you, in your own learning, than you could have brought out in yourself. So I was thinking about this, and, uh, and this is the thought that really countered my feelings about the fluctuations, is, is that at the end of the day, I really went into teaching for myself. And, and that is why I continue teaching, is I, I love it. I'm not doing it for altruistic purposes. Uh, and uh, yes, I mean, I care about about Claudia Israel and uh, and other people's learning, but I'm really the, what's actually motivating me is doing it for myself. And the truth is that I get this benefit even if there are only a very few people here, and even if there is only one, and even if there's only none. You know, last night at that Tehillim Shir, when I was sitting there waiting for people to come and no one was coming, I was poised, like with my finger over the record button, to actually start giving the Shir and just record the entire Shir myself. Because I I knew that I would gain from it, and I had a lot to say, and there's no no sense letting a an evening of of uh, of teaching go to waste, and even more so from the fact that there I know that there are people who listen to the recordings, but even if it weren't for that, I still gain from my own, and and that led me to think about this Mishnah in Pirkei Avos in chapter three, uh, Mishnah six or seven, depending on how you count, Rabbi Chalafta Ben Dosa Ish Kfar Hananya Omer, so Rabbi Chalafta Ben Dosa says. When ten sit and involve themselves in Torah, then the Shrina, the divine presence, rests uh, among them. And then it quotes a Pasuk to support it, which I'm not going to bother going to the Pesukim. How do you know that it's true even of five people? It quotes another Pasuk. How do you know even three people who sit together, the Shrina is with them? It quotes another Pasuk. How do you know even two? Uh, quotes another pasuk, and then finally, echad. How do you know that even one person who sits and inv- is involved in Torah, then the shechina is with him? Shnemer, as it says in Shemos twenty twenty one, I think. 
Uh, it says, uh, In every place where I have my name mentioned, I will come and uh, to you and bless you. That's Hashem talking. And the Rabag there says, what does it mean that I will come to you and bless you? Rabag says that because you're involved in knowledge of Hashem, uh, through his Torah, through science, through whatever it is, then he says, uh, Then God's providence will cling to you, will 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 relate to you, and will uh, and and so will his blessing. And that really is my understanding of what the Shechina is. The Shechina is really God's hashgacha, God's providence. And so the the point being, however you understand the particulars, the point is is that. Is ten is learning with ten people going to be uh, a better net result? Yeah, it is because you're going to have more people involved in the learning, more people asking questions, more people gaining from it. The impact will be greater. It's affecting a community, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But five is still is still something worthy of the hashgacha of the shechina being there, and so is is three, and so is two, and so is even one. And and that really to me rounded off this feeling that I had and the the counter pang feeling, which is yeah. As a high school teacher, I, I reached many more people in uh, in a in terms of a quantity of people and also the duration of how much time I spent teaching them. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm teaching these students all day long, but and 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 this is a different job in a different circumstance. And and I'm not teaching high schoolers. I'm teaching young adults and I'm uh, and 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 regular adults. And I'm I'm not teaching high school courses uh, with the basics. I'm teaching uh, uh, on a more advanced level and. And uh, back then, my shirim were not recorded, and now they are. But the point is, there's one constant, okay? And what's the constant? The constant is me and my mind involving myself in, in the chachma of the Torah, in the wisdom of Torah, in order to prepare it to give to another mind. And that the benefit I get out of that process, even when there is no other mind there, uh, uh, or when there are very few other minds there, that process is the core of why I went into teaching and is really what sustains me in teaching. And... And, uh, and yeah, and the rest is all differences. You know, there, no one's going to deny that there are differences in terms of, of numbers and in terms of, of who I teach and how I teach and how the, how the, how the Torah goes on. But the point is, is that I am, I am engaged in this process and I'm gaining from it. And last, you know, just to leave off with this, as I was thinking about this, I remembered, uh, that Marcus Aurelius wrote his, his meditations for himself. You know, unlike Seneca who wrote these letters to Lucilius, but, knew or 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 it seems like he he wrote them with an eye towards other people who would read them you know kind of like a wink wink deal it my understanding of the scholarship is that uh from what i've read is that marcus Aurelius wrote his meditations for himself and yet look at how much it benefited people and and he was just doing it for himself and yet it resulted in all this benefit so so even though i i i, I am you know reaffirming and reminding myself of the main reason why i'm involved in teaching then I am cognizant of the fact that the learning that I do for myself does reach other people through the teaching that I do. And even if it's the people who are not present, I mean, I I can't tell you how, uh, how happy I am when someone says that they listen to a shir, uh, and like, and really appreciated the idea. And they just give a shout out to me for that. Uh, when I didn't even know that that person listened to Sheeran, you know, and, uh, or I didn't know that anyone listened to that shir that I gave, like a shir that I gave that, uh, that 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 you know only one person attended in 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 uh, in you know in person affected someone that I had no idea was even listening to the shear. So, so it is you know there are uh, like in any career there's uh, in in profession there's there's ups and downs. But uh, reading rereading that Seneca about about the craftsmanship being enough f- for even a few and even for for one and even for none that really uh, I don't know it was it was a good. Uh, 
good good perspective giver. Uh, really, really set my perspective on this uh, this fluctuation that's been uh, happening lately. Okay, uh, hope that was useful. <laughs> uh, if you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss and my Zell and PayPal are matt-schneeweiss.gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at Rabbi Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone. And thank you for those of you who give feedback in any form. Uh, just to know that you're out there is really nice because it can get lonely. <laughs> thank you.